Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and in our recently renovated sanctuary. During the summer months from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend, our worship will be live Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Let's pray, church. God Almighty, we need a healing word today. A word that forms, informs, and transforms us and your church. We need a healing word today. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. You are our rock and our comfort. Amen. So church, I'm going to just invite you to to just shake out your body a little. I'm going to invite you also to take a deep breath. to take a second deep breath. And as we say in the black church tradition, let's take a third deep breath for the Holy Ghost. Church, I need to share something with you this morning about my call to ministry that I've been discerning over this past year. As part of my discernment process, as part of a posture of prayer, I entered into a pastor search with another church where I am now the final candidate. And I want to let you know that if the way be clear, which is Presbyterian language for, if that search process concludes with an affirmative vote of the other congregation, I will be leaving my position here in the near future. So let's all take another deep breath. (laughs) Who's laughing? Jane Francis, okay. Okay, let's take a deep breath is probably more than we need, I know. So let me address that. Because I know this news um, may be extraordinarily difficult for some of you to hear, and it may be hard for you to hear anything that I say after this, and I understand. But I'm also asking you to try and stay present, because I selected the scripture today for a reason, and it's about the ways that we cannot carry the heavy things of life alone. Jane, I'm sorry. I see you crying. So church, we can only ever do hard things together, not independently, but interdependently. So take a deep breath and try to listen. 
And if you can't, this is being recorded and you can watch it later. So in a world that champions independence and individualism and go at aloneness and don't let them see you cry, First Peter is a letter about Christian community, and it's a letter about the power of collective resilience. It's a letter that's written from the margins to the margins, as Professor Shively Smith described it. And I want to say I had a talk with Connor yesterday about this letter, because it's problematic. It talks about um, slavery. But there is still something in it that I think is helpful for us in the same ways that there are activists and organizers who say things like, listen to black women, listen to black people, listen to marginalized people. There's a message from them to us. And this letter was written to people who are not the rich and powerful. They're not the governors and change makers. They are ostracized people. They're downtrodden. They're folks living on the edge. Most of the people reading First Peter were enslaved or close to it. They couldn't read. They lived subsistence lives, barely making it. Power and resources were manipulated against them. And so why this text on this day? Because the people who read this letter knew something about what you might be feeling this morning. They knew about fear and despair. They were exhausted and fed up. They knew, as the letter writer laid out, the necessity to prepare their minds for action and to discipline themselves. They knew the importance of Christian community, which in this era meant marginalized community. And they knew the power of collective resilience. They knew they couldn't get through alone. So the letter writer goes on to say to these derided communities, like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as the one who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct, for it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. The message is that this community has to do life together differently. They have to conduct themselves differently. They are called to be holy and obedient, but none of us can be holy alone. None of us can be obedient alone. This letter it's about collective holiness and collective obedience. It's about the power and strength found in community. It's about people on the edge and people at their wit wit's end finding each other and hanging in with each other for dear life. Pregnant people can't fight the tsunami of the Supreme Court alone. Women can't fight patriarchy alone. People of culture cannot fight white body supremacy alone. Families and the poor and the church can't fight this mean old world alone. We need, as Fred Rogers said, to look for the helpers. 
And this letter says our first responders, the folk we look to as followers of Jesus, our helpers are Christian community. Christian community because of an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and fading, and unfading. In other words, the fire cannot destroy us. The community cannot be destroyed because it is being protected by the power of God through faith. And this part will ring the truest, I think, for many of you. The letter writer says the community will survive because they've been through this before. You've been through this before. And while none of us are hungry for more suffering, we have, as the letter writer says, been tested in fire. We've been through this before. So let's take a deep breath. And I want to just share some reflections, some reminders about faith and what it means to be Christian community. None of you will be able to heal what is going on in the world or here at First Church Brooklyn alone, but you can heal it in Christian community. You can heal it if you remember that independence is a lie. I've said it before, there are no lone rangers in Christian community. We are caught, as Martin Luther King Jr. eloquently declared, in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And so when the highest court in the land takes away a person's right to determine what happens to their body, when that court takes away protections for this planet, and how she is treated. When that court devalues marginalized people, there are ripple effects, and all of us will feel them, some of us more than others. And this is also true of the church. When we love deeply, lavishly, vulnerably, like we did last Sunday in our pride celebration on the steps, folk will come across the street as one young lady did and say, when I was a kid, I told my mom I wanted to go to the singing, dancing church. And look at that, I moved in right across the street from you. We make ripple effects, church, and everyone feels them. Sometimes, like in our current political climate, we pass through ripples of fire. And sometimes we are the delicious and delightful ripple that someone discovers when they move in across the street. Fire and delight coexist in the ministry that we have shared here. Christian people have been passing through fire together since the beginning of time. We were not meant to survive, but we are still here serving together, and in this church 200 years later because we know independence is a lie. 
This past Friday, July 1st, marked six years of my service together with you, and I am grateful to God for the ministry we've been blessed to offer the world in the midst of our own ripples of fire and delight. Old members, new members, and non-members are serving and leading, and I don't know if you realize what a big deal that is. There are churches in the world where you can't sing in the choir if you're not a member. You have no voice and no say, but that doesn't happen here. We intentionally welcome everyone to this church and to this table where all are loved and fed. And so as we prepare to come to God's table now to break bread, to share the cup, let us come trusting in the promises of God to fortify us for the journey ahead. Let us come expecting strength. Let us come holding hands, knowing that we cannot hold this world with all its heaviness alone. May God awaken each one of us to the holy and obedient call to feel interconnected and interdependent. And may our current sufferings become the birth pangs of a brand new church and a brand new world. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. We are going to gather in the Peace Garden after worship. Um, I will be there. The elders will be there to hold and help you process. Um, you are not alone. The leadership of this church and the leadership of the Presbytery is going to help us through this process. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options, both in person and online, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time during the summer, from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend. We are live in the sanctuary as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.